Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Let's get it on. (laughs) Insert Marvin Gaye. What are you... (laughs) What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Valentine's Day aphrodisiacs. It mm. sounds delicious. Yes, in honor of Valentine's Day, which is today when you guys listen to this. And so I know this may be a little late for some of you, but you know, you can carry this on into your everyday life because romance. <laughs> because romance. Yeah. It doesn't have to just be on Valentine's Day. It does Day. not just have to be on Valentine's right. Day. And if you are like some of us, maybe you're celebrating, you know, a day later. A little late. So, you know, February is American Heart Month, and we will be talking about that. But it's also a month of love, so hearts and love go together. And wine. I think just wine. wine goes together with everything. So I'm going to pop this. Yeah, so today we're drinking a wine called sexual chocolate, which I think is very fitting because chocolate can be sexual, which we'll, we'll kind of talk about. <laughs> Jamie can't even hold it in right now. I'm just thinking about like, you know, all like the penis cakes and like things like that. Like, yep, it can be chocolate. It can be mm-hmm. sexual. Yep. So this is a 2016 blend from California. Um, it is mostly Syrah. Uh, it also has some Zinfandel in there, and maybe Merlot, we think, but uh, it is 14.5% ABV, and this was about a $26 bottle of wine. Now, I had trouble finding it, or we had trouble finding it, yeah. so... We, we could not find it in Wisconsin. We couldn't, and we were really determined that this was the wine we were going to drink, and so I actually found it in Illinois. We were on a mission. Yep, we were. Say. It's a good thing you can just cross the border. So, um, this is made by Slow Down Wines. S-L-O Down. Which, um, if you remember back to, I think it was episode 7, I want to say, where we interviewed Chip Forsyth from Reckless Love. Yeah. He was one of the starting members with his partner, Brandon. But Chip left and went to focus on Rebel Coast Winery. Mm Mm-hmm. So please take a listen to that because that's an awesome episode. It's really funny. <laughs> uh, but so Brandon, I, I don't know his last name, but Brandon I think is, it's Brandon Allen. Oh, Brandon Allen. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's the owner um, of Slow Down Wines. He's kind of got a, a similar... Uh, Vibe? Yes. He also likes lovemaking and... <laughs> He also has his phone number on the website. So, I mean, if anyone wants to call him, his number is 707-492-6365. Oh, and I will say it's not on the cork like it is for Reckless Love, but there is a mustache just like on Reckless Love. So now I'm debating whose mustache is really on Reckless Love. Oh, yeah. That is true. Should we cheers? Anyway, let's cheers. Cheers to increased libidos. All right, so this wine... Uh, it has a very interesting label. I mean, this is why it was so easy for us to actually like go around and just check the the, the shelves yeah. like, really, really quickly. And then, of course, we asked just to make sure our eyeballs were not uh, mistaken. But it's like a novel. I think we might need an aerator. Oh, do you want to grab I think one? we should do that. I'm going to grab one as you kind of discuss what's on the label here. Okay, sounds good. So it says here, it's a bit of a novel, like I said. Um, oh, actually, his phone number, <laughs> wow, he really wants people to call. 
His phone number is on the website in multiple places. It's on the text sheet. It's on the label itself, the front label, not the back label. But it says here, this bottle originated from a bootlegging operation my buddies and I had in college. We started making wine knowing it would be used for late night drinking and that the French are annoying. <laughs> it took some time, but we finally perfected our blend and came up with this full-bodied red that pairs well with Wednesday nights and pizza. We use grapes from all over California, so we recommend this be drank immediately and shared with girls. When you want more, just call us. 707-492-6365, Brandon. P.S. Made in USA. So if we're girls, can we share it with boys? This is interesting. It seems that it's marketed, based on the label, to guys. To, to pour for girls. To have sex? Yes. But... So if, okay, Jamie. <laughs> if you're on a date... Let's say you're on date number three, and the guy you're with pulls out a bottle, out of, a sexual bottle of sexual chocolate. I mean, what are you going to think? It's very presumptuous, right. in my opinion. But you know what? Maybe you can only tell what it's called by the back of it. This is true. I mean, if you look at the front, it doesn't mention the name at all, and it's just kind of funny. I don't know. This is true. Okay, so yeah, he seems very similar. I would say, guys, go take a check at their website. Um, I believe it's Slow Down Wines. Again, slow without a W. Slowdownwines.com. Yeah. And if you go to the About Us or Our Story page, there is a video that they recommend you watch. It doesn't have sound. It just runs at the top of the page. I think you get a sense of what his personality is like. I'll just leave it at that. Yep. So they do say, like I said, it's a Syrah Zinfandel blend, but then in the text sheet it says that Merlot offers a freshness to the intensity and the spicy Zinfandel lends to the lasting finish. So there, I, I think there's Merlot in this. Maybe it's just a small amount. So the other sad part is that there really isn't anything else on the website. Like it's pretty, it's a pretty slim website in terms of the information we can find. Yeah. So we don't really know much about the winemaking. I mean, it certainly seems like... When he's introducing himself, he says, I'm Brandon. I make wine like I make love in barrels. So I assume that he is using some sort of barrels to oak age, perhaps. I think this has a lot of oak on it. I think there's some stuff. He must have changed his phone number because he's got different phone numbers on here. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Brandon. Oh, wow. So you got got a few burner cell phones going on there? I don't know. He's got a. Yeah, he's got a few other wines on here. He's got a Chardonnay. He's got a rosé that's called Send Nudes. What the fuck? (laughs) Who is this human? I know. He's got a Sauvignon Blanc called Slow Jams. Okay. Okay. Chardonnay called Broken Dreams. Okay. A red blend called Stand Out. A Petite Syrah called Nowhere. And a Cab called Love Hammer. I don't know. Send Nudes is pretty... (laughs) I feel like no store would ever stock that. That's got to be a purchase through website only. I don't know. They say this rosé is bound to get you back in your birthday suit. It'll remind you that showing skin is always in. (laughs) All right. So super clever. But again, we we don't have a lot to go on here. He's not like Chip Forsyth. He was featured in like wine enthusiasts, like 40 under 40 for winemakers. So, or in the wine industry. So that, I think, is, you know. Well, I mean, you know what? We're just going to have to call him sometime and well, try and see if he can give us some more info. I mean, we've got the digits. we so, got the digits. <clears throat> but I really think we should focus on 
Let's focus on our topic. Our aphrodisiacs. Yeah. Am I saying that right? Aphrodisiac? Aphrodisiac. Yeah, I think so. Okay. That's how I say it. Okay. So Bacchus, as we all know, is not just the god of wine, but he's also been known for his absurd parties. Really? Yeah. So I've heard about this, right? But what I learned too is that he actually gained the nickname The Liberator for his wine-fueled festivities filled with drunken revelry, sexual promiscuity, and other types of shenanigans like massive orgies that could apparently become a little violent, so they say. Violent? Ah, who the fuck knows. So, they also were a place for conspirators to gather, and so they would get all liquored up, and then they would speak their minds, and they would, you know, have sort of like loose lips, information just flowing. Anyway, it just seems sort of like Bacchus, the god of wine, getting super drunk and super sexual, and it's a great segue into our topic about aphrodisiacs. So, wine is considered an aphrodisiac. Really? I mean, I actually didn't know that. I kind of did. Did did you? I mean, yeah. I mean... Doesn't it make you feel all, like, warm and fuzzy inside? It does. It does. And it's certainly depicted as, you know, like, set the mood. Oh, yeah. And get you open some wine. You're not like, let me open this bottle of vodka. <laughs> set the mood, you know? That's true. I like the way that you put that. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, we need some... A bottle of red. Yeah. It's always a bottle of red, isn't it? always a it? bottle of red. Always. I mean, is red there, for love. I don't, you know. Is yeah. there something else to that, do you think? Well, there are a few other things, I guess, like, because it certainly increases your alcohol. Increases your libido. It makes you hungry and hot, but, like, flushed. You know, like, it raises your body temperature. It impacts those things in your brain. And I'm not scientific, so I don't know all those words. But it impacts those things and actually changes your body temperature. And makes you endorphins. Feel That's what you're thinking of. Is that what I'm thinking of? You're thinking of those natural endorphins. You get that from working out too. And you know what else is a workout? It's a three-letter word. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's oh. where I was going. Uh-huh. Mom, close your ears. Uh, so anyway, so wine actually arouses women more so than men. So the studies say, and it really comes down to the senses. Now, obviously, I think that like, dude. I don't want to say you can get me turned on by looking at a beautiful red wine, but there are certain red wines that I can look at. And I'm like, oh my God, it's just so pretty. And it so just pretty. makes me happy. So already I start to feel like these like positive emotions and things just like that. Just from the sight. Just from the sight. And then you get to the smell. Oh. And the smell is where it's at. Now, I have to ask you this question. Oh. Have you ever seen the movie Someone Like You? I have not. Oh. Should we put it on our list? We should put it on our list. It's Ashley Judd and okay. Greg Kinnear and Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman's just like this asshole that she works with. And is she was cute, like, though, in the movie? I mean, of course, he, yeah. of, course, uh-huh. of course he is. <laughs> now we gotta watch it. Yeah, no, we absolutely need to. So she's in love with Greg Kinnear. And the whole movie, she wants to have somebody remove her olfactory bulb. Because that's where the memories are stored. So you're talking about your smell. Now, yes. yes, So your strongest sense to memory is actually smell. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's both something that can make you recall actual memories. Mm Mm-hmm. But it also has like this subconscious feeling where you can't recall a particular incident or situation. Yeah. But it stores itself. And so you're more likely to recall these like positive emotions, like you just said, your feelings. There have been a lot of studies to suggest that smells are actually aphrodisiacs for men and women. And many of these are found in wine. 
So can you enlighten us with some of those scents that tend to turn women on? Oh. <laughs> so I think this is kind of funny. Musky? Would you ever be like, yes, I want some muskiness to turn me on? No, no, but do you know, that's in so that's like one of the leading smells, I think, that is in like colognes for men. Really? Yes. Uh, earthy, woody. Sounds like my husband. Uh, <laughs> okay, case in point. I mean, earthy and woody, it does. Licorice-y. Uh, that doesn't cher- do it for me. Cherry-like. I could see cherry-like. Yeah, sure. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there are certain so, wines that tend to have these types cherry. of... Cherry. I mean, Pinot for sure. Uh, absolutely. Because Pinot can pull the cherry, mm-hmm. but it also earth. can get the very earthiness. Um, favorite. Maybe that's why I love it so much. Uh, perhaps. Mm-hmm. There's also like more Italian ones. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say the Italian stallions. We've got our Nebbiolo. We have Barbero, which oh, is another one of your favorites. And Sangiovese, which okay. can tend to be a little more earthy in nature. Okay. And woodsy. Zinfandela maybe could fall into that category. And I'm mentioning that because, I mean, we got Zinfandel here in this wine. So maybe that's what they're shooting for. Okay? I don't know. Men get turned on by completely different aromas. Like, totally different aromas. Like what? Lavender. Butter. Orange. Oh, licorice, I guess, is like one that goes Butter? both ways. Or they just know. want you like baking or Mom's what? cooking? I don't know. Baking spice? Okay. And vanilla. All and so caramel. So basically you need to make some like... Be in the kitchen. Go ca- bathe yourself. cookies <laughs> with vanilla spice. Mm-hmm. Go make or a glaze. Zest. Yeah. Go make a glaze for a cake and then just put it all over yourself too. Here you <laughs> go. Sounds like an interesting Valentine's Day. But some of those wines that couldn't include that are, and if we're talking like about reds, we can have like the Grenache and Syrah, so mm-hmm. Syrah, right? But also like Tawny Port. For the whites, when you're talking about like butter, I don't know, Wine Folly posted like or listed Champagne and Moscato, but honestly, I don't really think that that falls into this particular category. Maybe you'll get the slight floral stuff, but like to me, Chardonnay Pulls your baking spice, vanilla, and butter. Butter, for sure. So, uh, to me, I think that Chardonnay would be more appropriate for the dudes. But, of course, white wine is not necessarily looked at as quite as manly as our red wines. So, Mm -hmm. there you have it. All right. So, what exactly is an aphrodisiac? We talked about the smells, but, like, I don't even... I think I'm saying it right, but what... What is an aphrodisiac? Yeah. I think it's something that turns you on. Oh. Like, I mean, do you have a more scientific description of it? So so potentially there's substances that are responsible for that aphrodisiac-like thing. So it could be the substances that are aphrodisiacs. Yes. But they stimulate sexual desire. <laughs> or a thing that causes excitement. <laughs> Thank you, Google. I know. That's exactly where I am. I like it. Um, So what's in red wine? Do we know? Oh, yeah. So there's also this other thing called an amine. Mm -hmm. I could be saying that wrong. No, you're saying that right. Okay. That's that's very chemistry. Uh, Yes. And actually, I'm going to... It's even funnier that we're talking about this this week because um, an amine... Is are things like histamines, mm-hmm. which sounds real familiar after our episode with pure wine. Mm-hmm. Tyramine or tyramine, spermidine, putrescine, that sounds disgusting, and serotonin. And yeah, those are things that are amines. Right. Okay. Those are all amines. 
Histamine correlates to an increased sex drive, alertness, and weight loss. The thing is, we just learned histamines are that shit that like gives you, it's like allergies. It's in allergens, right? Yeah, that's why you take an antihistamine when you have seasonal allergies or an allergic reaction. Right. So we don't want to get rid of all of them. Maybe we should retain them for certain things. But we're not going to totally throw away our pure wine products yet. Yeah, just I because think we want to keep I them for an aphrodisiac. Right. I think there's other things that can be an aphrodisiac that don't come with all the inflammation and crap. That's that true. Histamine gives Lots you. of different foods and beverages. Mm-hmm. And subs- other substances. Not just like food foods. Yeah. There's like herbs and shit too, right? Yeah. So uh, do you have any specific ones? Oh, do you want to get into a common aphrodisiacs? All right, let's do this. Well, chocolate. I'm eating some right now. It's what are you eating? It is a it is they're dark chocolate covered cherries. It's like oh, it's delicious. Yep. We also have some Ferrero share here. So chocolate in itself, is just just because it's chocolate is sexual. Is it because of the way that it like melts in your mouth and it just like leaves that coating? Because then I feel like wines that have like that heavier body. And more velvety texture is more of an aphrodisiac than, say, a light pinot. Do you know what I mean? Yes, okay. I do. Um, I agree with you. Okay. But, you know, I think it's just, it's sweet, it's delicious, it puts you in a good mood, it gives you that, like, same thing that we're talking about, like a little bit of those, like, feel-good hormones. So it actually boosts serotonin, which is a feel-good hormone. And that's because it has chemicals in there that do that. So... Eat some chocolate. With I mean, moderation. there's a reason chocolate's associated with Valentine's Day. There has to be. You know, it's not just a marketing ploy. I mean, but there, there are other less sexy things that you can. Well, less sexy in my mind, like when I think about it, but that are supposed to be aphrodisiacs. Yeah, I'm gonna give you two that really. Well, one that I've heard of many times. It's oysters. Everyone the, knows about oysters. Everybody knows about oysters, but it's. Okay, so... It's not really sexy looking. People would argue that it is. Really? The slimy... I mean, don't get me... I love oysters. (laughs) You look like you're going to vomit. It's like... I, too... Like, I sit there and I look at it. It does not bring up, like, any sort of, like, sexual... I don't think intuitively, like, sex. Nope. Absolutely not. And to be honest, I don't know what it's supposed to, like, remind you of. But apparently it is suggestive in nature. I, I don't really want to get in there, but, like, I suppose you could argue... Like, to me, I'm like, oh, does it look like an ovary? Like, in a picture? Like, the shape of the shell? Like, I don't know. The end of the fallopian tube, but that's not sexy. Okay, so zinc is... Uh, oysters are high in zinc, okay. which uh, theoretically can boost semen production and regulate sexual hormones. So, I guess okay. if you're trying right. to go that route in your lovemaking, there you yeah. go. But experts believe that... It's an intimate way of eating or slurping that gets people going. <laughs> I don't really think it's... I don't know. I, I, I can honestly say that. Maybe it depends on the company. I don't know. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't think... I mean, you could slurp anything, really. Soup? Slurping does not make me be like, oh. Actually, no I'm just shapes. like, that noise is driving me crazy. Don't they make fun of that noise in movies? Like, how yes. it's so annoying? Like, like why oh, would that be... we can slurp our wine right now. <laughs> okay. So the other weird one, I just have to mention this because I think it's so counterintuitive to me. Mm-hmm. Asparagus? I mean, it makes your pee smell. Thank you. That's why I don't understand it. But apparently, it is a good source of vitamin E. 
and it stimulates the production of sex hormones. Now, the other funny thing is that this is like a big like French thing. Yeah. Back in the day, and I admit I don't know like how long ago this was, the French ate three meals of asparagus the day before their weddings to increase their libido. Yep. I mean, do you really need to like get that charged up? Like, do you not like who you're marrying? Well, no, I mean, I guess like it just like helps increase that because, you know, like that's like the, the historical thing is that you yeah. say like the wedding night is like the big night. Oh right. my God. And everybody expects you to do it and for the first baby time. Nine, yeah, exactly. And, and have a baby the nine months later. Yeah. So I, I would say that that is. Times have changed. Probably why it's also very healthy for you. That so, is fine. You know, I mean, yes. You, I guess you could balance that out. What else is over here? I think that the watermelon one is kind of interesting. How? It's basically water based. What could it possibly? So it contains something called citrulline, which relaxes the blood vessels, like dilation of the blood vessels, which is basically what certain medications do for. Erectile dysfunction. <laughs> You're like slowly getting in there. What? Uh, you want me to repeat myself? Erectile dysfunction. There's certain medications that you use for that. Like a little blue pill. So you're saying that people can eat watermelon instead? Well, apparently the citrulline that causes this increased blood flow and blood vessel relaxation yeah. is actually mostly in the rind. Who eats that? I know, gross, right? Historically, watermelon was really associated with Maybe you could shave arousal. it so it's not like you're eating like a chunk of it and it's a little softer or something. I, I think on know. the inside, yeah. You yeah. gotta... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not like the outside, like the no. exterior, but like uh-uh. the greenish, pale green, whatever. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's that's weird. That's interesting. Um, I'll also mention pomegranate. Okay. So one th- I'm horrible when it comes to Greek mythology, all right? But apparently, what what are you laughing about? <laughs> Genital sensitivity. What? <laughs> Pomegranate is high in antioxidants, oh. so it boosts blood flow and increases genital sensitivity. <laughs> okay. But the other thing, okay, so you jumped right there. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't stop laughing. But so apparently Aphrodite, which aphrodisiacs are named yeah. after the, the goddess of beauty and love, she's said to have planted the first pomegranate tree. And so pomegranates themselves are really the sign of fertility and love and sensuality. Okay. So that, you know, it's like there's all this stuff that kind of plays into it, like this lore and sort of like how it's been depicted in stories and things like that. And then you bring it into real life. And yes, it does. It is high in antioxidants, just like our wine here. Yeah. Um, boosts blood flow. And you're right. Increases genital sensitivity. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Honey is another crazy one. Have you ever heard of this? No, but I feel like honey is like, does everything. So I'm not surprised. Honeymoon stems from the sticky substances sexual enhancement. What? Does that mean that like with the lunar, uh, the lunar phases that honey is more effective? I don't know. Potentially. But Hippocrates prescribed honey for sexual vigor. And according to another old French wives tale, see the French, they have like their mindset on shit. A bee sting was supposedly like being given a shot of pure aphrodisiac. I, I, I'll pass on the bee sting. So it has boron. I, I don't know if that's how you say it. But it affects your hormone levels 
and nitric oxide, which is released into your blood during arousal. So I guess that's a whole like yeah, thing. that's that's how the little blue pill works too. It increases that nitric oxide, so that makes sense. All right, there we go. See, nobody needs the blue pill. You don't have to pay money for that shit. Just go to the grocery store, okay? Right. Um, strawberries. Again, we have strawberries. I feel right like here. it's pretty sexual. It can be pretty sexual to eat, right? Oh yeah, it's like the strawberry dipping it in the chocolate, especially. Um, also they're in, they're red. They're kind of in the shape of a heart. So the Romans actually had them as a symbol of Venus, the goddess of love because of its red color and heart shape. Okay. All Um, right. But they, what do, what are the, what are the things that are contained in them? Magnesium, potassium, and folate that can help promote a healthy sex drive. See, we don't have to get medicine. We can just like use natural foods. Well, for I things. mean, how many no? strawberries do you think you need to eat? Yeah, but you said potassium. You could combine that with a banana, which is also very phallic. Does a banana have other stuff? The potassium, obviously. The potassium. Mm-hmm. Okay. Figs. That's figs. Another one. Okay. Figs. I feel like also look like reproductive systems. I'm gonna say again. They the look ovaries. like ovaries. They do. They do. Yeah. Um, they have a high. I feel concentration. Like I'm getting an anatomy lesson here. <laughs> With fruit. <laughs> With fruit. Uh, they have a high concentration of antioxidants. <laughs> Jamie's... <laughs> See, this is this is like me reading like, you know. Oh my god. Genitals. Okay, I'm just okay. thinking you take a couple figs, you put them next to a banana. Like, you're set. Okay, you're set. Go. You're good. <laughs> you're good. I'm a grown-up, okay? Yeah, sure. All right. Sorry. What about figs? <laughs> Uh, they have a high concentration of antioxidants, flavonoids, and polyphenols, which can lead to relaxation and well-being. Also, people seem to think that this was the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden that got Adam and Eve in so much trouble. I thought it was the apple. Apparently, people think it was the fig. Damn. What is our source of truth here, people? Does it matter? I think no. the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I don't know that I've eaten like a fig by itself. Oh, like, I do all I've the time. I've had a fig Newton. I've had fig spread for like a charcuterie plate. I love figs. Do I actually you? love dried figs, but I love fresh figs. And my mom would get the, a box of them from the market. And the green ones are the best. Green figs. I love them. To me, that seems underripe. No, there's no? different. There's different ones. There's the purple ones and the green ones. Oh. Oh, so it's kind of like apples. How like you have like the pink lady, yeah, and the gala, and the jazz, and the Macintosh, and all those. I'm going to show you a picture right now. Okay, let me see. See, I would. Th- oh, it looks like a watermelon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but they're small and soft. So. No, but I mean like the color wise, yeah. like and the like color. cut it mm-hmm. in half. Yeah, they are delicious. They're Do like you actually eat the my full favorite. Thing? Yeah, they're like my favorite fruit. Actually. Really? Okay. If I can, eat. but you just can't find them readily, and they're usually pretty expensive. So okay. So, um, aphrodisiac. So use them sparingly, but use them when appropriate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else that we skipped? Okay. So another one that I thought was really funny that I learned a lot of is avocado. Okay. Now, avocado, some people get funky with avocado because it, it does have a weird texture, I will say. However, the Aztecs believed that avocados had aphrodisiac powers. Virginal women were not allowed to leave their homes when they were being harvested. <clears throat> Just the process of harvesting would make it a big deal. 
But one thing that I thought was particularly funny is that the Aztecs used to call avocados ahucatl. Okay. Which translates to testicle. <laughs> this is very interesting. I know. Someone from U of I here uh, in the Midwest says that it is also known as an aphrodisiac because it has high levels of vitamin E, like asparagus, which gifts us youthful vigor and high energy. Okay. So, all right. It also has the good fats. You know what goes with avocado? What? If you want to make guacamole. What? A little bit of chili. Oh, that's true. Yeah. We chilies are aphrodisiacs? Well, it's spicy. Spiciness. Oh. Spicy food. It gets your heart pumping. It increases that hotness and the flush. Your blood flow. Okay. It also increases the release of epinephrine and adrenaline, which are natural endorphins. So, like... You know, you get a little chilly, you get a little, you get flushed, you can feel a physical reaction to it. You feel invigorated. Yeah. So, all right. Mix some of that into your guacamole next time and you're going to be good to go. That, a little oysters on the side, I mean like. Oysters and guacamole? Oh yeah, I think that That would go well. You don't think so? Wait, are you being serious? Yeah, like you have oysters and then like guac and chips, No. She look at me like I'm crazy I don't right now. think that would. No, no, I don't think so. Okay, I would say like the avocado. You we've had guacamole that has pomegranate seeds in it. Oh, that's true. And, and banana that's good. chips. That right? is good. Right, so you could like get like a combination of like everything yeah. in there. So yeah. What about oysters that are like oysters Rockefeller that are cooked? Oh, see, no. So they say that like you should actually eat them when they're raw. That has like the most aphrodisiac powder power. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wait, aphrodisiac power? Potency? Potency. I like that word better. Thank you. So, yeah. So, they say that when you cook it, it reduces the quantity of D-asp, whatever the hell that is, Mm -hmm. and NDMA. Isn't that a drug? Well, it's MDMA. No. NDMA is... So, yes, but NDMA is also found naturally in the body, but there's a drug that can increase it. NDMA, I don't know what that is. Nitrosodimethylamine. There's a longer word for it, but it's basically one of those chemicals that you have naturally, but that can be increased by certain agents as well. Gotcha. Basically Um, good things for your libido. So just to kind of go back to the history of chocolate with Valentine's Day. Oh, do you know? Can you tell us? I know a little bit. So it is from the time of the Aztecs. Just like the avocados, I suppose. Oh my god, those Aztecs. Yep. Um, uh, but probably originated in the pagan Roman fertility festival. Okay. Of Lupercalia, I think it's called. But that it was, sounds familiar to me. Okay. Um, they exchanged whippings, which was part of a complicated fertility ritual that began with sacrificing a goat and a dog. I don't know, but this <laughs> this morphed into a tamer Christian feast day in 8496 when the pope commemorated a martyred saint called Valentine. Fast forward to I guess, you know, there's all this stuff that goes through that making Valentine's Day on February 14th. Yada yada. Um, but <laughs> 
So in the mid 19th century, wasn't there a massacre on the 14th of February? Yeah, there's like some stuff that happened. Okay. We're not gonna get too much into that. But in the mid 19th century, February 14th was Valentine's Day in Britain and the U.S. And people exchanged uh, lavish cards decorated with lace ribbons and cupids, and also chocolate. So it comes from the mid 19th century because of its reputation for aphrodisiac powers. Um, There's the Mexicans and the Aztecs claimed that they had gold cups of cacao, which the drinking it would make success with a woman. Make make success with a woman. Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. And it was this drink, and then that also became popular in Spain. So wherever it went, it was like basically the... Elixir of love is how it was called. And people celebrated its potency. Well, the Aztec Montezuma used to consume supposedly 50 cups of chocolate a day to be able to satisfy his many wives. I mean, I guess you got to get it up somehow, right? I mean, are you how, <laughs> how fat are you at that point? <laughs> Actually, I think you know what I mean. Although, when you... Okay, so when you talked about like... Remember that book that I read, The Emperors of Chocolate? Mm-hmm. Like... Drinking chocolate back in the day used to not have like all that sugar and other shit. It was only specific. So it was the cacao, right? Yes. So in 1847 is actually when they made chocolate that we know, where they combined cacao powder and sugar with but with the with, with the fat. cocoa butter, yeah. yeah, to form this like moldable paste. And then a few years later, they sold the first filled chocolates with flavored centers. That was the chocolate maker J. S. Fry and Sons. Damn. So they're the first ones who did it. And then came Cadbury. Richard Cadbury launched Fancy Boxes of Chocolate in 1861. All right. So there you go. There's a little bit on the background of chocolate. A little bit of chocolate history. Thank you. I'm oh, I like eat, that. I'm still eating my... Oh, wait. There's actually... Um, I do want to mention this other one because we also have this on the table. And because I know it's one of bo- both of our favorite things. Do you know what I'm going to say? Ferrero share. Oh, <laughs> that's... No. Oh. No. Pistachios? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So pistachios are actually supposedly an aphrodisiac. And I thought that was kind of bizarre. But Georgia O'Keeffe found pistachio shells very, I guess, inspiring, one might say. She used them as a muse for penises. Cool. What? Well, you know, she had like flowers for like vagina. Like she's yeah. just a very sexual painter. Yeah. Okay. Okay. However, they claim that pistachios are the only aphrodisiac that's also a natural cure for erectile dysfunction in a particular list that we found. Now, there is a, an organization called the American Pistachio Growers. Oh, okay. <laughs> they did a study saying that men who ate about three and a half ounces a day saw improvements in performance after just three weeks. What else is really funny is that this article says why pistachio growers are testing and treating men for erectile dysfunction is questionable, but the nuts yeah. speak for themselves. Ha <laughs> Pun intended. The nuts speak for themselves. So anyway, I thought that was interesting because we also have them and we, I know that we love pistachios and I always have them in our house too. So I uh, thought I would mention that as well. Okay. You got any other last tidbits that we can share yeah. as they, we prepare for Valentine's Day? Well, I mean, it's not just about the foods. Apparently, it can be about like certain herbs and stuff that you use. So, like ginkgo, like potentially. Ginkgo. Oh, yeah. Like the pill can, that people yep. take? 
Yep. Don't people take that for like memory or health? They do, or but what? it's also traditional Chinese medicine for poor sexual function. Oh. So people take that, but it does have blood thinning properties. So, you know, you kind of got to talk to your doctor before you take any of these. Uh, red ginseng is another Chinese one. Okay. Um, there's uh, fenugreek, what? which is also, they did a study looking at that and found that men experience increased sexual arousal with 600 milligrams of fenugreek extract per day for six weeks. Really? Yes. Also has some, again, some blood thinning stuff. So you just got to, you know, again, talk I want to wanna know how some, like, how do some of these things actually taste? I don't know. Saffron. That's in a lot of like Spanish cooking. Oh yeah. Uh, Middle Eastern cooking, things like that. Risottos. Uh-huh. Paella. And that is a spice and that can help treat depression, reduce stress, and enhance mood. Oh. Yes. Again, they did a study and found greater improvements in erectile function with men that got 30 milligrams of saffron. What about us women? I know. I feel like men typically don't need assistance in the arousal department. I think the makers of Viagra would beg to differ, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. One of the the most uh, lucrative (laughs) drug-making endeavors that has happened. I'm sure they're making bank. Anyways, women actually were tested with saffron, and they found higher levels of arousal as well. So there you go. There's the women. Wow. Yeah. All right. I'm surprised. Yeah. So I think those are just a few other things to think about. But, you know, I'm going to stick with my chocolate and strawberries. And my wine, of course. I mean, I would, I'm good with the avocado, pomegranate, like banana chip situation. I, I'm okay with that, too. I'm yeah. good with that. And the pistachios. And little peppers. I feel like that's like, you oh. throw all this good shit for you into one dish. Yeah. I, so thank you. are you going to go home tonight and make like... It seems like minimalist. Yeah, I was going to say, are you going to go home tonight and make a meal of strawberries, chocolate, uh, guac with with chilies, uh, and pistachios? Pomegranates? Yep. And pomegranates. Pistachios could be pretty tasty in there. I don't I know. I mean, you could be like, you know, we're just going to have a little smorgasbord tonight. Uh, the number of times that we've actually just had, like, a bunch of appetizers for dinner, it is a pretty regular thing. Well, now you know wine. which ones to focus now on. Now I know which ones to focus on. And of course, there'll be red wine, but we all know that. <laughs> Regardless of this episode. <laughs> this is true. This is true. All right. So shall we get back to this, this here wine. red wine? Yeah. So we've aerated it now. Well, I didn't pour some aerated, yeah. so let me do that. Um, okay. It's very strong. It's potent. <laughs> oh, it, the, the, I can, it's a hot wine, right? Oh, it's Meaning, hot. Sure. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe that's another reason they call it sexual yep. chocolate. It's hot. Uh, so it's hot in that sense, but it's also hot, meaning you can kind of feel like the alcohol taste. What do you think? I feel the alcohol in my nose. To me, it's like wasabi in the sense that it like clears your like navel cavity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm picking up so many, they're not fresh fruits, you know? I would say cooked fruits, but I don't want to say like stewed fruits no. like we did with Reckless Love, right? Like Reckless Love was like immediately stewed plums. This, I'm not getting that. I'm probably getting like cooked blackberry. Are you getting any dried fig? Are you? Maybe. Are you? Mm. You would know better than I because I don't. I mean, fig newtons are about as far as I go with figs. 
I mean, a little bit. You get that like really dried fruits, and I could, I do get a little bit of fig. Okay, so if if you drink it and you don't, you don't like swirl it, right? If you drink it and you just like guzzle it down, it moves down like you're just drinking like melted chocolate. Like if if you had like chocolate, almost like a, a molasses type situation or less. Uh, less, less. But I'm I. I am getting the chocolate, and typically Merlot is going to lend more of like a chocolatey flavor Mm -hmm. to a wine. So they say, like, it's more milk chocolate because it's a little smoother. It's not as bitter because it doesn't have quite as many tannins. Now, Syrah can certainly have tannins. And I think that if you're drinking it and you swish things around, like, you get, you pick up more on those tannins. That's why I think that this actually has like a fair amount of oak on it because the freshness of the fruit is sort of dulled by something. And it's baking spices and it's... Oh, baking spices for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I want to say like brown sugar, but it doesn't taste sweet. So, do you want to know what they say? What what do they say? What Brandon says. Okay. It's an intense flavor profile packed with ripe, dark fruit and exotic spices, finishing with a lingering soft, silky texture. Syrah is the star of the show, delivering a smoky, ripe, dark cherry profile. Merlot offers a freshness to the intensity and the spicy Zinfandel lends to the lasting finish. I don't know about dark cherry profile. I mean, I could get... You can kind of get it a little bit in the back of your throat. Like, I'm going to... What about this? What about chocolate-covered cherry? I mean, chocolate-covered cherries, like what we have right here. Uh, It is kind of smoky. I'll give it that. Yep, I will too. Um, Because you do Mm -hmm. get that lasting spice of the Zinfandel. I think that this is a much deeper wine than maybe some people are looking for here. Like, to me right now, I feel like I could breathe fire on somebody. Well, and that's <laughs> not really what you would expect from Syrah and Zin, actually, to be that for heavy. Zin, I feel yeah. like you could, but it's like Zin that, like, like when I think of Zinfandel, I don't think, like, oh, lovemaking. But no. if I'm drinking this, like, it makes me feel more like the Zin, and where this is not, like, the, you know, <laughs> mood-setting wine yeah that i would choose necessarily feels weird that mom's listening (laughs) all right i guess i guess you'll have to try it for yourself if you can find it if you can find it good luck it's sexual chocolate so happy valentine's day valentine's to our db peeps and hope you guys enjoy the episode and learned a thing or two because we certainly did yeah, and you know what? Like, spend Valentine's Day however you want. I have spent a many Valentine's Day by myself drinking wine, a lot of it, and chocolate, eating a lot of chocolate. So. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. No. You should love yourselves and others. And so. others, yep. So, uh, enjoy, and um, until next week. Until next week. Cheers. Love, lovebirds. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpcheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpcheers at gmail.com. Until next time. Cheers from the girls of DBP. DBP.